the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... which started out to happen to somebody else, which might perhaps give us all pause for thought about the nature and timing and variety of those occurrences which we term accidental. Do they look for us, or do we look for them? I've come here for a job. I'm a very unusual secretary. But we don't need another secretary. Oh, you need me. You see, the average secretary is good at remembering. I'm great at forgetting. <laughs> Why would we want a secretary who forgets? I could forget what I saw yesterday afternoon at the corner of 15th Street and Garfield Avenue. Oh. So, do I get the job? Our mystery drama, Hit and Run, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Ann Williams. It is sponsored in part by ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine, and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The dictionary defines accident as a happening that is not expected, foreseen, or intended. And so it is, most of the time. However, I regret to say that there are some accidents that are foreseen, expected, and even intended. I also regret to say that they are created by those who would profit therefrom. Ah, yes. It's a most cynical, skeptical, mistrustful world, isn't it? Well, our story begins with a gentleman named Louis Lapierre. I could not vouch for the fact that this is the name that appears on his birth certificate. However, as Shakespeare once said, "'Tis good enough, twill serve." Hey, you must be the letter. Yes. Yeah, I'm Louis. And now? Well, uh, now we go someplace and talk. We can talk right here. In a museum? I suppose you'd feel more at home in a saloon. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> Let's sit on that bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says you were some kind of uh, an odd dame. <laughs> Who said? You know who? The dancer. Shall we get down to business? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Well, what was the last thing you done? I worked for a paper hanger. What happened? I told him the town was too hot and the counterfeit wasn't good enough, but uh, he was going to pass it anyhow. He's now doing 7 to 12. Now, sir, what do you do? I am a flopper. A flopper? You know what a flopper is for crying out loud? Oh, sir, I cannot say that it has been a pleasure, but good day to you anyhow. I thought the dancer was making me a very serious connection. Uh, wait, wait, I ain't your ordinary, everyday, minor league coffee and ganks flopper. You're not? No, I am an artist. Now, first, 
You've got to pick your spot. Well, I'm sure it requires whatever it requires in the way of expertise, but it fails to interest me. And you've got to pick your car. You just can't flop down in front of anything. I'm sure. You've got to pick somebody that looks like they got the bucks and the insurance. Well, you go right ahead without me. Just give me another minute, will you, then you got to flop down in such a way that it only looks like you've been hit. Now, I spent 20 years working on that little aspect of it alone. It's all in how you grab hold of the bumper. Now, it only looks like you're being dragged. I understand the consummate artistry involved. But where do I enter the picture? Why would you need me? As a witness. A witness? Yeah, you see, lately, there has been a weak link in the chain. A terrible thing has come over our society. You see, the average guy just don't want to get involved. He sees trouble and he looks the other way. So, um, I am to be the witness? That's right. Now, you just happen to be coming down the street and you see the whole thing. <laughs> it would appear that this is a rather temporary job. Well, that's, that's right, which is why it pays so good. What's good? 25%. Of what? Whatever I get. What do you usually get? Uh, you know, not rich. You don't want to call attention to yourself all the time. <laughs> Say, uh, eight, ten grand. So, we're uh, somewhere between 2000 and 2500 Yeah, but for what? A couple of minutes work on a street corner or maybe a half an hour in the courtroom. Hey, the beauty of this is you ain't breaking the law. You are just a witness. All you're telling is what happened. Oh, yes, Your Honor. I was standing on the corner, and I see this car hit this pedestrian. It's against my better judgment. Why? When do you want to do it? Right now. Now? Yeah, that's the beauty of this business. All you got to do is just walk across the street. Don't turn around. You keep looking in the window. Watch my reflection in the glass. Okay. You don't have to answer. This is a good street. You see, it ain't too alive. It ain't too dead. Now, I'm going to wait till there's nobody on the corner. So as uh, you can be the only witness, okay? Okay. I said you didn't have to answer. Now, you and me, we don't know each other. Uh-oh. There's me on the table. Look down the block waiting for the light. One of them imported sports models. He's headed this way. Now, I'm going to the corner. When I get there, you turn around slow and then go there, too. As if you want to cross the street. And don't forget the screen. That is all I need. Were you aware of a witness? Yes, yes, I, I suppose. I, I received an impression of someone standing there. A man or a woman? It could have been either. I think it was a woman. Well, what do you want to do? 
What do I have to do? Well, a witness. What does the witness have? If the witness had the license plate, then we're in trouble. Paul, why didn't you stop? <sighs> Everyone would have recognized Okay, me. okay, but at least they'd say you're human like everybody else. Well, you had an accident like everybody else. It didn't have to be the end of the world. But Violet was in the car with me. Violet? Paul, you promised. You swore that was all over. I know, I know. I, I could have gone around the block and let her off and then come back, but I didn't think about it. Well, that would have been worse. Would have demonstrated that you panicked under pressure. Well, it's your baby. <laughs> Some baby? I handle it for me. Just like that, huh? That's what you get paid for, isn't it, Sid? Miss Roletta Pound? Yes. I'm Lieutenant Drivers, Police Department. My credentials. Uh, you're with the city police. We're across the city line here. Well, is it all right if I talk to you? Well, come in. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Miss Pond, uh, yesterday at approximately 4 p.m., you witnessed a hit-and-run automobile accident at 15th and Garfield. Yes. You told Officer Ruane, who arrived at the scene shortly after, that the car was a maroon sports coupe, a Mazzilli Suiza. Can you uh, add anything to that description? Such as? Were you able to make out the license plate? No, no, I'm sorry. And the truth, I'm not sure it was a Mazzilli Suiza. But you described it to Officer Ruin. Yes, I know. But, you see, I must have been uh, describing an impression. I, I may have been picturing what I thought I saw. What you thought you saw? Well, I'd been looking in the window of a dress shop, and then I decided to cross the street. Just as I arrived at the corner, a man who had been standing there stepped off the curb. I heard a squealing of brakes, the sound of a horn. The man was down on the ground, and, and the car paused for a moment and sped away. Yes, that's exactly what you told Officer Ruane. Isn't it true? In general, yes. In detail, I'm not sure. You see, Lieutenant, I was uh, shocked by the, the violence of what I'd seen. And, and so, actually, it was all a blur. I knew it was a car, and, and I assumed it was red. You assumed it was red? Well, yes. <laughs> you see, because there was this violence, the entire scene took on kind of a crimson coloration. Are you saying then that it wasn't a red car? It might have been red. It might not have been red. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it was a Mazzilli Suiza. Ah, now there again, I'm not sure. You were specific about it yesterday. I know. I got the impression that it was a that it was an expensive imported sports car. And so, therefore, perhaps I assumed it had to be a Mazzilli Suiza. I see. Lieutenant, I know this must be rather frustrating to a police officer. I just wish I could be more helpful. Uh, could you perhaps describe the driver of the car? No, I'm afraid not. I, uh, I really didn't see him. You say him. Then it was a man. Um... I'm not sure. Miss Pound, can you think of anything that might give us any sort of clue at all? No, Lieutenant. I'm still very nervous and, and upset. Perhaps that's why I find it um, difficult to think clearly. Right. Well, 
will you uh, do this for us, Miss Pond? Will you keep thinking about it? And if anything should suddenly come to you, please call me at police headquarters. Oh, certainly, Lieutenant. You may depend on me. Sid, were you able to get the information? <laughs> Jerry has a line at the police headquarters. Well, uh, <clears throat> where does it stand? I guess nothing happened, Paul. That witness they're supposed to have? Yes. It seems they don't have her. Her? It's a dame. And now she's not sure. Of what? Of anything. But they said she could she could give them a good description. That was yesterday. Between today and yesterday, you've got 24 hours. Time to think and figure. Does she really want to get involved? Or maybe she really didn't see it. Who knows? But without a witness, it's all over. You're out of it. I get it. I'm sure it's Violet. Well, what are you trying to do? Listen, Sid, we're being very discreet. Just like yesterday, huh? Hello there. Hello there, yourself. Is this the Honorable Paul Foster? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, to whom am I speaking? <laughs> oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> then do you have a very good answer? For now, why don't you call me, um, the plate lady? Well, I, uh, will if you tell me why. Well, it's because I deal in plates. Plates? We've heard of dinner plates. Gold plates. Haven't you? <laughs> yes, but, uh, I'm not in the market for any. <laughs> But I know another kind of plate you'd be very much interested in. What kind would that be? License plates, dear. It depends on whom you talk with. Lieutenant Dreyfus might describe Ms. Willetta Pound as a confused and frightened little lady. Congressman Paul Foster. Oh, is he a member of that august body? Absolutely. Our stories are concerned with big and important people. At any rate, right now, he could only describe her as a femme fatale. And how would we describe her? Obviously, as a lady who is in business for herself. And uh, we shall explore that business further in Act Two. laid plans of mice and men, as Mr. Burns said, gang off the clay. I don't know how many times you've heard that said. Yet, has anyone ever paused to wonder, to ask, why did Mr. Burns use that particular combination, mice and men? Are these the only two members of the animal kingdom who are completely at the mercy of chance? We mention it only because, since our story started, every plan that has been proposed seems to have gone astray. And here we go again. Hello. <laughs> Do we know each other? Miss Roulette Pound? You're not the congressman. Well, I am, really. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm his alter ego. Oh. Yeah. My name is Sid Dawson. I had hoped to see, um, Mr. Foster. Well, Mr. Foster can't afford to be seen everywhere and with everyone. <laughs> well, you might tell him that. Oh, I try. Hmm. You might try harder. Now, just yesterday, was it, um, I saw Mr. Foster driving down 15th Street in his Mazzilli Suiza. That's impossible. Mr. Foster is out of town. <laughs> you may cling to that story if it gives you any comfort. 
Seated beside him was a most delectable brunette lady. None other than Miss Violet Winsome, whose career as a singing star is too well known to require further details from me. Yes? A gentleman happened to step off the curb at that moment. And Mr. Foster, well, the simplest way to put it, um, Mr. Foster struck him. Are you positive? Positive. <laughs> I saw all three stages of the accident. I saw it before it happened. I saw it as it happened. And I saw it after it happened. I don't understand. I think you do. Before it happened, I saw a car bearing down on the victim, a Mr. Louis Lapierre. I saw every detail of that automobile. I saw the front grille with that distinctive Mazzilli Suiza styling. I saw the blonde, attractive man behind the wheel, the stunning brunette girl beside him. I could see the look of horror on Mr. Foster's face. Uh, how did you know it was Mr. Foster? Could anyone not know that handsome face? Momentarily, he lost control. The car swerved toward the curb. I said to myself, he's going to crash into that hydrant. But he didn't. He struck it, but it was only a glancing blow. Then I said to myself, he's going to stop. But he didn't. He kept going. Uh-huh. That's your story? <laughs> yes. And it's not a very good story. Vehicular homicide. Leaving the scene of an accident. Aside from the legal angle, it could be a disaster for him politically. You can't prove a word of it. Oh, well, now that's the chance you take. I'll testify that I saw him. You'll have to deny it. What does the jury decide? I understand you just told the police you really couldn't remember the details of that accident very well. Oh, well, I was still in a state of shock. Now my mind has become lucid again. I can see all the details with crystal clarity. All right. What do you want? He's being groomed, isn't he? Your Paul Foster can become very big and very important. Provided uh, he doesn't get sandbagged here. How much? $150,000. What? It's cheap. Figure it this way. He's 35. He can have another 35 active years. 35 years into $150,000 comes to about $5,000 a year, or barely $100 a week. Now, is that exorbitant? $150,000? Oh, it isn't as if he doesn't have it. And it isn't as if he wouldn't throw it away on women and cars anyhow. But this is just insurance. You realize, of course, I... I'll have to discuss your offer with Mr. Foster. Lieutenant Drivers. Uh, no, Inspector, I don't have anything more. I've been checking out the ownerships of Mazzilli Suiza sports cars. Red ones. Yes, I know she said she was mistaken, but uh, I don't have anything else. No, there aren't too many. I got the list in front of me. Uh, three, to be exact. One's in Europe. The other's had his car in the shop for the last month. And the uh, last one is the Honorable Paul Foster. Uh, Lieutenant, are you uh, are you sure you're looking for a Mazzilli Suiza? Yes, sir. A red one. Oh. Well, I own a red Mazzilli Suiza. Uh, Mr. Foster, this may sound like a peculiar question, but uh, you realize it has to be asked. Well, I understand your problem, Lieutenant. Go ahead. 
Do you know anything about this accident? No, sir. Well, that's that. Uh, one other question. Is it possible someone may have used your car without your knowledge? Uh, no, Lieutenant. Oh, we have an... Uh, uh, Sid. Oh, uh... Uh, Sid, this is Lieutenant Dreyfus of the city police. Uh, Lieutenant, this is my assistant, Mr. Dawson. Uh, how, do you, how do you do, Lieutenant? Uh, well, it seems there was an accident the other day. An accident? Yes, some poor fellow was killed by a hit-and-run driver downtown. <laughs> the way some people drive today, is it's a crime, isn't yes, it? Yes, well, uh, the automobile may have been uh, Marcelli Suiza. Oh, is that why you're here, Lieutenant? It's all a matter of routine checking. I'm sorry I bothered you, gentlemen. No, 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 no. Glad, glad to help in any way we possibly can. Goodbye. was that all about? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. He's gone. But why would he come here? What brought the Matilly Sweet identification into it in the first place? The girl. That was her first description. But later she took it back. Meanwhile, it's all this cop has to go on. And somebody's pushing it. He must have her testimony to make anything stick. Yes, well, see that he doesn't get it. The price is 150000 How much? I think you heard me. All right. Just handle it for me, will you? Uh, this is Lieutenant Drivers. Sergeant, uh, you got someone at that lab of yours who can handle a confidential thing? All right, I uh, want a front uh, bumper checked. It's been in a hit and run. Killed a man. Yeah. Uh, see if it's dented or uh, bent or has blood on it. Now, you know what you have to do. Okay, I'll uh, give you the name. But uh, you go about it uh, in a discreet way, huh? Hey, huh? I'm a police officer, ma'am. Oh, hey, what's up? I'd like to talk to you for me. Oh, come on in. Thank you. You mean we've got some action around here? Uh, if I may ask, uh, what is your name? Oh, uh, uh, Martha. Mrs. Minnie Martha, that's me. And you're the landlady? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I get all of the headaches. <laughs> oh. Now then... People think we're coiling money today. You should see what they're paying taxes. And oil. Uh, oh. Mrs. Martha, you, uh, you have a tenant named Roulette Pound? Oh, is she in the jam? Oh, no, not that I know of. Well, then, what are you asking about them for? Well, it's because a police officer makes inquiries doesn't necessarily mean a person's in trouble, does it? Ooh, what are she doing? Well, as far as I know, nothing. Uh, how long has she lived here? Uh, three months. Where did she come from? Well, she never said. I see. What does she do? I don't know. She leaves the house in the morning. She's out all day. She comes back at night. Does she have any friends? I don't know. Does she receive visitors? Oh, I've never seen any. <laughs> Does she uh, talk to any of the other tenants? I don't think so. Does she talk to you? Uh, yeah. yeah. About what? About, uh, <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all? Oh, hello. How are you? Nice day. Think it'll rain. Good morning, good night, all that stuff. That's nothing. Then, uh... You don't have the faintest idea of what she might be doing. Or, um, 
Why a girl who's single and attractive would uh, live way out here? Oh, no, no, sir. I see. Well, thank you, Mrs. Marvin. Uh, you, you say she's not in a jam, huh? Uh, is she home now? Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's number five on the right, oh, up the stairs. Good evening, Miss Pond. Oh, it's you again. You mind if I come in? No, no, not at all. I can't imagine why. Miss Pound, the last time we talked, you told me you weren't quite sure of what happened on that street corner. Yes. And I asked you to keep thinking about it to let me know if anything should occur to you. Remember? Yes, I remember. Well, I was wondering if anything did occur to you. No, Lieutenant. I'm very sorry. Nothing at all? No, sir. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant, is there anything else you want to ask me? I uh, came here for two separate reasons. The first one is to ask you some questions. I've asked them. That's over with. Second, I'm here because I feel I should do something. Do something? What do you mean by that? I feel there's something I should do for you. What is there you could possibly do for me? I could... Save your life. You don't get an offer like that every day. He might assume her life is in danger because we were there when she asked that gentleman for $150,000 just to keep her mouth shut. Well, logic, experience, and common sense should tell us that someone's mouth can be shut for considerably less. But Lieutenant Dreyfus hadn't heard that conversation. How does he know? That's one of the things we develop in Act Three. There's hardly a man in public life, or private life for that matter, who doesn't have at least one skeleton in his closet. The skeleton may be large or small, but it's evidently worth hiding, because obviously it's being kept hidden. But there are those who set out to discover those skeletons. Their purpose is to help the owners keep them hidden. For a fee, of course. As you can see, this can be a lucrative business. Also, one that could prove hazardous to your health. Lieutenant, you say you can save my life. Yes. Why? Is my life in danger? I think so. I can't imagine where you get such an idea. How much money did you ask him for? I'm afraid I don't understand. Yes, you do. But it might be better if I start at the beginning. In the beginning, there was a little man named Louis Lapierre. You've heard of him. Yes, he was that poor man who was killed in the accident. Yes, poor Louis. He was a flopper, you know. I'm afraid I don't know. The word sort of describes itself. He's a person who falls in front of automobiles, deliberately. My goodness, why would he want to do that? So he can have an accident and collect from the insurance company. Oh, but that's madness. You can be maimed or killed. I guess it's a form of acrobatics or gymnastics or whatever. There's an act to it. You can do it without really getting hurt. Sometimes. Of course, it's like everything else. You can make a mistake, misjudge the timing, as poor Louis Lapierre did. I find this hard to believe. Louis was killed, if you'll permit me to say so, in the line of duty. But how do you know? Floppers do not, as a rule, have unplanned or unscheduled accidents. 
Chloe had picked the right car, a very expensive-looking Mazzilli Suiza. How do you know it was that kind of car? I can't be sure I saw it. Well, we'll get to that. I know why Louis was standing on the corner. He was reporting for work. What uh, were you doing then? I was window shopping. I know why you were there. Do you? You were working with Louis. How can you say that? Because it makes sense. And it ties everything together. You were going to be Louis' witness. So as Louis prepares to step in front of the oncoming car, you get a very good look at it. You see the accident. Of course, there are two unexpected developments. First, it's a hit and run. Second, Louis dies. Lieutenant, there is absolutely no way you can hope to prove any of this. But you don't know that Louis will die at the time, so you play it straight. You tell the cop at the scene what you saw. You describe the car. I was still in a state of shock. But when you find out that Louis died, you say to yourself, what's in it for me now? If I testify, I'll send someone to jail. But what do I get out of it? That's what you were thinking, wasn't it? You're constructing this little fable? Why should I spoil it with the truth? Whoever was driving that car was evidently someone with money. So you decide to see if you can get him to buy some silence. Some very expensive silence, I might add. Lieutenant, I shall have to ask you to leave. You had memorized the plates. You found out who he was. Uh, who is he, incidentally? Uh, never mind. I think I know. Are you about finished? Whoever he is, there is money there. And power. What you know could destroy everything. You're becoming a bore, Lieutenant. You think these people are going to let you live? Maybe they're not really murderers, but you're pushing them to a point where they won't be able to help themselves. But there's no law that says I must tolerate a police officer in my home. Come on down to headquarters with me. Sign a deposition. Thank you for your courtesy and concern, and now, good night. It's the only way you can get out of it. Get out of what, Lieutenant? All right, Miss Pound. I tried. Let me get that. Hello? Hello? Oh, who is it, Sid? It's our friend. You were supposed to call me. Yes, I, I, I know. Instead, I find I have to keep calling you. And it's expensive. Yes, we're, we're discussing the problem. I'm not sure I know what there is to discuss. If we can't resolve it now, my next call will be to a certain lieutenant of the police. Excuse me, Paul. We have to decide. All right, take care of it. Miss um, Pound, can we meet later this evening? Well, could you call back in about an hour? I, I'm sure you understand I have to make various arrangements. Of course. In about an hour, then. Hey, <clears throat> look, if we have to, we have to. Now, where can I get my hands on that kind of money tonight? Paul, I don't know if, if money's the problem. Well, what other problem could there be? If I felt we could hand this girl the 150000 and that would be the end of it, I'd say do it. But this is no ordinary girl. She scares me. Why? I don't think she'll be satisfied with the money. Now, now that is a lot of money, Sid. Well, that's also part of the problem. If she can get you to, to give her 150000 it tells her you're scared. Well, of course I'm scared. That's what I mean. 
She's the type of girl who shouldn't know that about a man. It tells her you're vulnerable. She won't stop. Oh, wait, wait. Are you saying don't give her the money? I mean, should we try to stonewall it if we get dragged into court? I'm... I'm saying a lot of things. First, I'm saying you should stop cheating on your wife. Oh, now, Sid, there is no time for that now. I'm saying you have to quit chasing around with women like Violet. I'm saying you shouldn't have had that accident. I'm saying you should never have left the scene. Fine, 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 but... But what are you saying we should do now? Well, we have to take care of Miss Roulette of Pound. But we've already agreed to give her the money. Some other way. What other way is there? Well, no. No, 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 I don't want to hear about it. I'll... I'll do what I think has to be done. Now, listen, Sid. Try to convince this... this woman that, uh... Yes? Look, Sid, just handle it for me, will you? This is your headline news on the hour. Miss Roulette Pound of 76 Franklin Square was found dead in Stonings Park. It is believed that she was the victim of a murder. Her purse was empty and a ring and wristwatch were missing. By an odd coincidence, Miss Pound happened to be a witness to a hit and run accident just last week. I figured it'd be on the news. Is that, is that how, how you... Yes. Yes. That's how I handled it. I never told you to. What did you think was going to happen? I never dreamed it'd go so far as to... So you can buy these things. You'd be surprised how easily, how cheaply. I, I never dreamed. You just make sure it wasn't for nothing. From now on, don't step out of line. Oh, no, 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 I won't. that was no ordinary mugging in the park. She was a witness to the hit and run. Oh, I understand all that, Lieutenant. But as it turns out, she didn't remember. That was for our benefit. She was blackmailing the driver, and he has to be Paul Foster. Look, Dreyfus, I have to have some evidence. There are only three red Mazzelli Suisses registered in this town, and his was the only one that was here. But I went along with all that, too, Dreyfus. I authorized laboratory analysis, didn't I? There was nothing to be found in the bumper of the grill well, it could have been repaired right after the accident. Sure, sure, but we have no proof of anything. What do you want to do? Take on a man as popular and powerful as Paul Foster? On the basis of what? On the basis of the fact that he's guilty. <sighs> All you have is a hunch about that girl. Let me run it down. How? Where? Just give me a couple of days. about this girl, who she is, where she comes from, her friends. Try to think. Is there anything at all you can tell me? Oh, I, oh, I wish I could, Lieutenant. But she was like a clam. But, uh, but maybe you could help me. She owed me some money. I, I can't afford to lose it. Like, there's the rent she owes me. Well, I suggest you make a list of everything. Mm. Hmm? Oh, maybe I shouldn't bring this up. What's that? Especially since it only comes to four dollars and seven cents. You might say that's uh, what's four dollars and seven cents. But why should I lose it? Oh, what's it for? The telephone. I just got the bill. You know, at the end of the month, they list all the calls. I mean, the ones into the city. I just figured out for four dollars and seven cents 
what's got to belong to her. The telephone bill, the, the statement. You, you say there's a, a list of calls she made? What's this, Paul? You canceled your appearance at the Teamsters' annual dinner. And at the last minute, you could have cleared it with me. I, I, I just... Just don't feel like going. Affairs like these, Paul, are, are where you pick up support. I know they can be a drag. It isn't that, Sid. I even enjoy them, but I, I... I don't know. Paul, you haven't been yourself lately. You, you've been moody and irritable. You've got to keep going. You have to be the same Paul. The, the same happy, optimistic Paul with a sincere smile and the honest face. The face you can trust. Sid, do you really, do you really think we're in the clear? Look, there's two parts to this. The girl... They can never touch you. It was a buy at second hand from a third party. The accident? Well, there's no witness. So there's no description of the car. So you're in the clear. Are you sure, Sid? I'm sure. <sighs> I wish I could be. You expecting anybody? Who, who could it be? Well, why do you automatically assume it's trouble? Because I'm scared. Well, you've got to quit being scared. Yeah, well, maybe I can't. You've got to, Paul. Oh, it's the police, Lieutenant. Uh, won't you come in? Thank you. Well, what can we do for you, Lieutenant? It's about that accident. A accident? The hit-and-run accident at 15th and Garfield. Oh? There was a witness. As it happens, the poor lady was the victim of a mugging and was killed. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I think I read about it or heard it on the radio. Her name was Roulette Pound. Did you know? No, I didn't, huh? Why should she have telephoned you? Phone? Yes, I have here a copy of a bill mailed to her landlady. There's a record of several toll calls made from that number to this one. Oh, that. Well, we get all kinds of calls from, from all sorts of people. <laughs> we don't even remember half of them. And I'm sure. There are eight of them. All made within the space of two days. Uh, well, I, I certainly don't remember talking to a Miss... Roulette a pound. Do you, Mr. Foster? No, 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 I don't either. Well, that's odd. Five of these calls lasted almost three minutes. Uh, Lieutenant, what, what are you trying to imply here? How do you want to handle this, gentlemen? You want me to arrest Mr. Foster? Perhaps, sir, you might prefer to turn yourself in? What is this, Lieutenant? A, a cheap political trick on the part of Mr. Foster's enemies? Mr. Foster has some very important friends in this town. I, I could pick up that phone and... I don't know how many of your friends would be home at this point, Mr. Foster. Sid, Sid what are we going to do? Nothing. Here's what we have. The phone call she made from her phone to this one. She could have been a crank. Your front grill, Mr. Foster. The grill? It was probably damaged or dented in the accident. What accident? So we made the rounds of body shops, and sure enough, a place called Handy Andy did some work on it just the day before yesterday. Well, that doesn't prove that it necessarily... We examined the locale of the accident. Right near the corner, there's a hydrant. You must have swerved and struck it. Tiny pieces of paint that had been knocked off your front end were still adhering to it. And tiny flecks of paint from the hydrant were sticking to what was left of your old grill in the body shop. Did you have her killed, too? You can't prove that. You, you never could prove it. What have you got to say, Mr. Foster? Sid. No, Mr. Foster. I'm afraid this is one thing Sid can't handle for you. You'll have to handle it yourself.
couldn't get him or anyone else for the murder of Ruletta so far, but they did have him for the hit-and-run on Louis Lapeer. He didn't go to jail, and he didn't lose his freedom, but he did lose something more important, his career. So, you see, justice does triumph. Sometimes. I shall return shortly. Look closely at the medicine you take for your hay fever. There's a good chance it's an antihistamine and nothing more. Nothing more? Don't give up. Arm yourself with ARM. ARM is antihistamine strengthened. Strengthened with decongestant for freer breathing, clearer sinuses. Strengthened for better relief. Arm yourself with ARM. 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 For occasional use only as directed. Maxwell House, coffee you can count on. Always smells good, always tastes good, always good to the last drop. At the store, they told me there's a powerful anti-itch drug I can buy without a doctor's prescription. Now, I use Biclozine Cream as directed. No more burning, embarrassing itching. No more scratching. Biclozine actually speeds healing. Biclozine Cream. What a relief. Time to change your laxative. X-Lax pills gently stimulate your system's own natural rhythm. And that makes all the difference. X-Lax pills, for occasional use only as directed. This is Mary Tyler Moore, and I want to tell you about a very special place. A place which can help you cope in this ever-changing world of ours. It's the library. At the library, you'll find all the information you need to keep up with current issues, career opportunities, economic changes, and all the new technology. The library even has programs for every age group. Check out the library. That's where you'll find a lot of success stories. A public service message from the American Library Association and this station. dramatic incident in history. King Henry II was having a hard time with Archbishop Thomas Becket. One night at dinner, he angrily exclaimed, Will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Four of his knights immediately left the hall and murdered Becket. Well, Henry was certainly very angry. He didn't specifically say, Kill Becket, did he? But the tradition persists to this very day. The boss, the chief, whoever the man in power, turns to a subordinate and says, handle it for me. So, what does he mean? What does he really mean? Our cast included Ann Williams, Ralph Bell, Earl Hammond, and Court Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores and ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant
visitors are gone. School is almost out and vacation time is upon us. Now get down to basics and begin thinking about yourself. Eleanor's of Phoenix has new summer clothing, including Gary Petites, more beautiful than ever, with fit and comfort you've come to expect. New Tony Todd Petites have also arrived in sizes 4 to 14, along with many other items to help make summer shopping a pleasure. Both Gary Petites and Tony Todd Petites are just the right length. No hemming. For non-petites, Eleanor's has a complete selection of coordinates from Jack Winter and Russ in comfortable, cool summer fabrics. A must for travelers. With a blazer, vest, pants, skirt, and several blouses, you are ready for any occasion. Since all the fabrics are easy care, you can rinse out a garment, hang it overnight to dry, and it's ready to wear again in the morning. Come to Eleanor's of Phoenix, 3532 West Peoria, while selections are complete. For all your summer wardrobe needs, specializing in sizes 3 to 13 and 4 to 14. Open daily 10 to 6, Saturday 10 to 5. It's 11 o'clock in the Valley of the Sun. This is Radio 96, KARZ, Phoenix. CBS News. The state of Florida has set another execution time for John Spankling. The convicted murderer is to go to the electric chair eight hours from now. This is Doug Poling reporting on the CBS radio network. The 30-year-old Spankalink is now scheduled to die at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Late Thursday night, a federal appeals court in New Orleans lifted a stay of execution issued by a federal judge. Florida Attorney General Jim Smith said those who worked on the case against Spankalink are not rejoicing. Well, this is a, a really a grim responsibility, and I don't think any of us uh, can have any feelings of elation that, uh, you know, a human being is going to lose their life. Uh, but we have pursued this uh, vigorously on behalf of the state of lawyers, and that really is what we're supposed to do. Attorneys for Spangolink are believed to be seeking a U.S. Supreme Court justice to stay the execution. If he does go to the electric chair, Spangolink will be the first person executed in the United States against his will in 12 years. More news in a moment. Air conditioning. AM-FM radio. Cruise control. It's the Great Scout Revamp.